As certified financial planners, we've seen firsthand how financial wellness is connected to other areas of wellness in our lives. Join us as we explore the relationship between our physical, emotional, and financial well-being and share the habits and tools we found effective in the pursuit of a balanced, intentional life. I'm Lauren. I'm Donna Grace. This is Life Rebalanced. Welcome to a new year and a new season of the Life Rebalanced podcast. It's kind of silly, Lauren, if I think about it. Everyone seems to approach January 1st or January in general, as if a switch just flips when the new year starts. I know that we need something to measure against and time is a convenient construct for that. We can measure ourselves and our progress. But especially this year, we're moving into a new year with the gift of the wisdom of the year before. We all learned a lot last year. We certainly did. (laughs) So now when we look at our schedule and we look at the plans we're making and also the forward-looking goals that we're setting this year, we can do so with the wisdom of what it's like to exist in this environment, which for a while longer will be a remote or virtual world for a lot of people. And we can set really realistic and relevant expectations for ourselves. I think we may also look at our entire definition of what success looks like differently. I know I will. How many times did you see in social media, like I know all over Instagram, things popped up like, oh, what if 2020 wasn't canceled? Or maybe this was the year that we took the pause we needed to evaluate what was important. And sometimes I rolled my eyes looking at that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do think, though, that that idea does align with our ideas about setting goals and planning a schedule that's tied to our values. I think that's what those statements meant. It is. This is a time to pause, a time to think about what's really important and what we're really in pursuit of. And when we've talked about planning our schedules, when we've talked about setting goals, we always talk about them as being tied to our values. So I guess in that way, my eye rolling was unnecessary and (laughs) they were very relevant. What do you value the most and how can we build our lives in pursuit of honoring those values? And I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways of 2020 though not all of us had that time to pause. I don't know about you, Donna, but I felt like it was go, go, go. And that's partly indicative of our role as financial planners and, and what was going on during the year. But I definitely think that things did slow down because our kids weren't involved in activities. And we did have that time mm. to reflect on what is important and what do I value. Yeah. I think especially as working moms, there can be, even if we don't realize it, somewhat of an element of guilt for the time that we're away. And it's not warranted. We don't deserve that, but we put it on ourselves sometimes. Many working parents do, but especially moms. And it's interesting because we've, or I've at least realized in this time that I don't need to schedule so much. We don't need to be scheduling stuff to do with our kids all the time. They're happy just to be with us and doing so many puzzles and so many board games and stuff like that at home really has made me think, I guess I could say that was my pause was in the daily routines in the go, go, go. There was, we found time in between. Working from home allowed us to find those little snacks of time with our kids, with our families. Maybe if you don't have kids, you found them with your friends or other loved ones. But that, I guess, was my pause. It definitely wasn't in work. (laughs) Work was not paused at all in any way, shape or form. (laughs) No. But I, I really did use that time to think about what I value for my family 
for myself personally and also for my business. So now this year, rather than asking myself, what does success look like? Because every time you set a goal, you have to ask yourself, how do you define success in reaching the goal? Mm-hmm. Well, now, rather than, than saying, what does success look like? I'm asking, what does success feel like? How will I feel when I have successfully reached a goal? And it's things like, if I have a feeling of accomplishment, or do I have a feeling of satisfaction? Do I feel proud? And I realize that those are not terribly tangible, but I think that they can help us think about our goals in a different way. Also, I have a different focus for this year. So last year, my focus was on improving business processes and business development. And while certainly I want to continue to improve on what I've done in those areas because business is always going to be extremely important, my number one priority has changed. And that's changed to a focus on my personal health. Mm-hmm. I gave myself a lot of grace last year in that area. I've said it on the podcast. I've said it in our personal conversations. And I did it because I recognized that I wouldn't be able to serve my clients well and take care of my family while also sticking to the kinds of routines I had set in place for myself for working out and other personal health-related things. I let some of my healthier eating habits slide. That wasn't intentional, but Mm -hmm. it just happened because I frankly didn't have the energy. Everyone's different, but it takes energy for me to stick to a healthy eating routine. I think you're a little bit better at it than I am. (laughs) Well, as you were saying that, it, it made me realize sometimes it's only in hindsight that we can look back and see when we talk about what areas are are taking a priority in your life and focusing more energy on and how do you need to rebalance things. Looking back, I can see the exact same thing happen to me toward the end of the year as things got even busier. The nutrition <laughs> just went straight downhill. It's, you're not even saying I let it slide a little. You're like, no, no, downhill. No. <laughs> it was crashing and burning. No doubt. I engaged my kids in this conversation about this is not... Oh, that's so good. Yeah. This is not healthy and it was a temporary fix and we needed to do things this way. And now we're going to get back on track. And I think it's easy to let those things slide, but I love that you are recognizing, okay, it was a time to put that in the backseat and now it's time to put it at the forefront and focus on it. And what does that look like for you for this year? Have you thought about that? Well, I mean, the energy that it takes for me to do this is huge. I'm going to be really honest. Like I love butter. I love any buttery flaky pastry is (laughs) awesome to me. And I love wine. And part of that, as we all look into what our, our personal belief systems are, where the habits we've established come from, a lot of it does come from my upbringing. I grew up in a family where food was our love language. You'd be rewarded with something delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it signified approval and love and care goes into food making. It's part of nurturing. And so getting myself back into a routine that includes better eating habits getting back into a routine that involves exercise. They go hand in hand for me. When I'm exercising, I want to eat better and you build momentum. So Mm -hmm. my plan is to use habit stacking. And I've used habit stacking in the past where you start with one small habit in January and then you build upon it. For me, I like the idea of building upon my habits each month. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you have to start small, like really, really small. I have an autoimmune disease and so inflammation is an issue for me. So this isn't a vanity issue by any means. This is about caring for my body because I only have one. I'm getting older. 
and I need to focus on having less inflammation in my diet. So how do I break it down? I can't just say I'm going to follow an anti-inflammatory diet. I would fail if that was my goal because that would be a lot at once. It would be too extreme. So I have to start with one little thing, like one thing per week to move in the right direction. And I joined a group coaching program with Kelly Levesque. She is a nutritionist. I know you know her, Mm -hmm. Lauren. She's really, really popular. She's, I follow her on Instagram. I've read her books and I like her approach to a healthy lifestyle and her approach to lasting change. It's not about looking a certain way. It's not about getting ready for a wedding or a red carpet event. It's about creating a healthy lifestyle that you can manage and maintain. And she suggests, she calls one small thing that you could commit to weekly an anchor appointment. She compares it to like if you go to church or temple. It's just in your schedule every week. You just do it and you plan other things around it. You don't fit it in. Other things get fit in around it. It's an anchor. Mm -hmm. And she says it can be something as simple as having a Fab Four smoothie. It's her signature formula that she uses for putting a smoothie together. Have one Fab Four smoothie every morning on Monday before 10 o'clock. So for me, I was thinking off the bat, I would have a Fab Four smoothie every morning. That's how I was going to start my morning every single day. Mm -hmm. And she said flat out, no. (laughs) She's like, that's too much. Mm -hmm. She's like, "You're if you try to commit to something daily to start, you're more likely to fail because you can do something every Monday morning and be successful with it. And then if you want to add it in the other days too, but the goal is to do it every Monday morning with success. If I try to do it seven days a week or even five days a week and I miss one or two, that could be discouraging. It could feel like failure and lead you to a downward spiral and just scrap it all together. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I consider myself a reformed all or nothing kind of person. Uh-huh. And that would be me. I'd be like, oh man, I missed it on Thursday. I- I'm screwed now. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> totally. Might as well give up. I'm in that same boat with you. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, trying hard to not take that approach, trying really hard to say, okay, I slid. Now let's get back on the horse. Mm-hmm. It's not the end. It's just one little blip because the goal isn't to be perfect. It's to move progress in the right direction. So focus on on progress. Mm-hmm. That's just one example. I have a lot of goals for my health that I'm breaking down into smaller pieces and I'll be implementing them. But I want to be very clear that zero of those goals have to do with losing a certain amount of weight or losing weight in general, Mm -hmm. not about fitting into a smaller clothing size. They're not about vanity. They're about taking better care of myself and managing inflammation. And I know that if I improve my physical health, it will result in better emotional health. Mm -hmm. And I'll be happier. I'll be a better partner, a better mother. And I'll probably be better focused and more productive at work too, because we know that a focus on health and exercise, those are keystone habits. That's something that Charles Duhigg came up with in his book, The Power of Habit. It's something that James Clear talks about. Mm -hmm. Certain habits have a cascading effect and they spill over into other areas of your life. And they can be positive or they can be negative and they will have a cascading effect. So if I can choose this one area to really focus on this year, I believe that it will have a cascading positive effect in other areas of my life. I'm so excited for you that this is your focus. I know. Good, because I'll need your support. (laughs) I'm right here. I'm totally supporting you. I love it. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think as a society in general, We tend to undervalue the connection and the fundamental importance of having a healthy 
body is connected to a healthy mind is connected to a fulfilled existence and living the life we're meant to live and having the energy to pursue the things we want to pursue, the energy to put into caring for our family, to nurturing our relationships, to building a business, to taking care of those around us. And so I love that that's your focus. And I think that, I mean, I would argue as a starting point for everyone, that physical well-being is fundamental and allows you to focus on those other areas. The other thing that you pointed out that I love is thinking about how you want to feel rather than what does success look like? Because I think that can translate across the board. Measuring success by checking certain boxes, while that's important in a lot of aspects of life, it's also important to recognize that that feeling that you're trying to achieve is important and that can translate to a variety of goals. It reminds me of one of my favorite prompts in the high performance planner that Donna, Grace, you and I both use every day. It's the last question as you start your morning and the prompt you're supposed to respond to is, I will know that today was a great success if at the end of the day, I did, said, or felt this. And I'm choosing for this year to focus on that as not just for the day, but for the entire year. What do I want to look back at the end of 2021 and say, I know that this year was a great success if I did, said, or felt this. And ultimately for me, it's feeling as though I am making improvement across the board in all areas of my life. And it doesn't need to be dramatic improvement. It's simply having that consistent growth over time, little by little, adding to things as you go. In concrete terms, I would say I'm a lot like you, Donna. I'm picking one habit or skill or one thing to focus on every month. I don't know that necessarily my design is to stack them the entire year, but to just have one area of focus. And to be honest, as a reformed, very detailed planner and goal setter, in years past, I may have looked at the entire year and mapped out and said, okay, In January, I'm doing this. In February, this is going to be my topic. In March, this is going to be my focus and map out the entire year that way. And then inevitably, what would happen is you get to August and whatever you had chosen in January sounded good at the time, but isn't really relevant anymore. And then you feel maybe a little bit of that sense of failure in that, well, shoot, now I'm either not going to hold up what I had set out to do because I'm no longer interested in it or it's not relevant. Getting back to what you said earlier about what we took away from 2020, we have the benefit of planning for 2021 in light of 2020. I was talking with my kids on New Year's Day. We were doing a little bit of goal setting. I like to choose a word of the year. And they were having a little difficulty understanding this concept. They didn't quite get what it meant. So I translated it for them by saying, okay, If we had to pick a word to describe 2020, as we look back, what word would you pick? Sadly, my son said trash. (laughs) And he was totally joking. And it was a funny joke. But the word I told them I would use to describe 2020 is flexibility. So I think we all learned a tremendous amount of flexibility 
in hindsight, we could recognize. Whether you wanted to or not. (laughs) Absolutely. It was a necessary skill that we had to develop to survive mentally more than anything. So in talking about the word we wanted to choose for 2021, I use that example. And I think I took that approach in planning out how I'm going to define success for 2021. What I've decided is I'm going to have the structure and the framework of recognizing that each month I'm identifying something different to focus on, a new habit to develop. So thanks to a group of lovely women we have, January, I've decided is my month to drink more water. And... (laughs) Donna Grace, you're joining in on this challenge with several of us. Love those big water bottles. They are fantastic. And one of my favorite, favorite Christmas presents, I have to admit, it's the little things in life. So that's my January. I don't even know what February looks like yet, but I've structured it so that I know each month I'm choosing something different. And at the end of the year, I know that I'll be able to look back and see the progress that I've made in many different areas. And I want to have the freedom and the flexibility to, as I get closer to the next month, decide, okay, what is something that is really important now for what's going on today that will be valuable for me to learn or some a growth point that I need to focus on? I know you said that it's not your intention to have it stack, but you're establishing better hydration in January, what's the likelihood that you're actually going to stop in February? Even if you're not drinking, and for our listeners, the massive water bottles that it's 8 a, drink this much by 8 a.m., this much by 11 a.m. as you go along. And it's, mm-hmm. they're great. They encourage you as you go. Thank you, Mariana. Mm-hmm. But you're either going to continue using that big water bottle or be more cognizant of your water intake during the day as you go forward. So I do believe that you will be in a sense, habit stacking. I bet you will. You're right. I bet you will. That's my hope is that to some degree, whatever it is I choose to focus on in that month will stay with me throughout the rest of the year. I like that you're picking one thing each month to focus on because I think it's so common at the beginning of the year to think of all the things you want to do and the way that you want to do them. And you set up the schedule and you break down your goals into tasks and then it's overwhelm. It's just absolute overwhelm. Mm -hmm. I think people felt overwhelmed going back to work immediately after the break because there's so much ahead of you. And, And when you can break it down and focus on one thing at a time, you're far more likely to come to success. Great job. And did you say you're not sure what you're going to look at for February yet? Yeah. Yeah. No, I have not decided yet. I'm still figuring that one out. It will present itself. It will present itself. Yeah. It absolutely will. And I think that that was my takeaway from Mm. 2020 is it was very apparent at every moment in time what it is I needed to focus on and what needed my attention and and where my opportunities for growth were. And so I'm confident that the same thing will happen in 2021, if nothing else, simply because I'm tuned into it. And now I'm looking for those things. And well, in 2021 on the podcast, we're going to be having conversations about the small steps that we're taking and that you can take in all areas of your life, whether it's your, your emotional wellness, your financial wellness, We're kind of thinking along the lines of that mind, body, soul, and money. Those are the topics that we're going to cover and share concrete tools and habits and skills that you can work on to help you continually rebalance and make forward progress as we do. That's what our goal is for the year, ongoing, always. And that's what we want to share with you. 
So we're going to be talking to experts. We're going to be talking to authors. We're going to be talking to people and professionals who have their own tips and tools to share. We're looking forward to learning a lot and sharing with you in this new year. Yeah, and we're excited you're joining us on this journey. And as always, we love hearing from you, what you enjoy, what you hope to hear more of. And to share those thoughts with us, the best way to get in touch is through Instagram at life underscore rebalanced, or you can also email us directly at life rebalanced podcast at gmail.com. Have a happy new year. Lauren, it's so good to see your face. Well, I see your face (laughs) and, and hear your voice today. Be well. Be well.